right. So C3 Powerhouse, uh, all together now on, on the line and in the room. It's, uh, it is a delight for us. So this, this morning we have uh, Pastor David McCracken. Now he has uh, uh, been to our church a number of times. He's spoken for us over our conference uh, and a bit beforehand to some of our leaders. Brilliant messages. This, so this will be his fifth time of, of ministering over the last four or five days. Really great messages. Carries a wonderful spirit of faith. Uh, insightful prophetic voice. He's a, one of the globally recognized prophetic voices uh, for individuals, churches, and movements of people. Uh, he's planted churches. He's been itinerant. He's raised up prophets. Uh, he's a walking miracle. Uh, shouldn't be alive right now, but because of the, the, their, his faith and his wife, Margaret, and the grace of God on their life, uh, he's almost 76 and preaching like a 40-year-old. Unbelievable, the energy. And so this morning, when, when you get someone like Pastor David to come, it's not so much about preach one of your favorite messages. It's what does God want to say to our church? So if you're a visitor this morning, uh, it's so great to have you. But really this morning, we've asked Pastor David, what's, what, do you, what do you sense God is saying for our church? And he doesn't look at our website or listen to messages or doesn't want to know what's happening. He, he brings with an integrity and purity of a, of a prophet uh, words from God. So I want us to stand to our feet, put our hands together and honour man of God, Pastor David McCracken. Thank you. Bless you. Thank you. You can be seated. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. For the church this morning, and I've got 30 minutes. The church this morning, I start with a blank sheet of paper. Father, what is the most essential thing to say to this congregation this morning? And so, and it's normally for the next 12 months or the next two years, because I never know if I'm ever going to be allowed back. Um, <laughs> A so it's a time of conceiving and a time of birthing. A time of preparation for new conquest. A time for illogical faith. The other day, I don't know which group it was. This is my fifth time of speaking, so I don't know who it was. But I spoke about illogical, unreasonable faith. And I want you to underline in your mind, in your heart, the words illogical and unreasonable. You'll save yourself a lot of pain <laughs> and a lot of valium <laughs> if you just understand that God is not reasonable. He's not logical. He's God. And it was as I was getting this down, and I will be leaning into that, that the Lord slipped in a very specific thought. And that was, uh, he directed me to Ecclesiastes 4.12, where it says, though one may be overpowered by another, two can withstand them, and a threefold cord is not quickly broken. And as soon as I read that, the Holy Spirit riveted me on the word threefold. I said, what are you trying to say to me here? And so I looked it up in the original Hebrew, salas is the word, and it means treble, triplicate, to do the third time. And do you know the strongest ropes in the world capable of holding a large ship to a dock are threefold? 
Every good rope is a three-fold rope. It's got three strands to it, but it's only one rope. It's a symbol of incredible unity and the power of that unity. Um, and, and so can I say this, that as you multiply, as you multiply campuses, it's not only your, it's not only your collective culture or strategies or methods that are important, all of that is important, but it's your heart. It's your heart. The heart is the issue. It's not even the giftedness of the individual. It's the heart that's the issue, your DNA. Um, and as I was leaning into that, another scripture popped into my mind, and it's quite cool how this happens, really. I'm, I used to be so intense about everything. Now I'm so relaxed, I almost go to sleep between words. Uh, um, but I, not, not really. I'm a, I'm a, bit, I'm a bit of a hyper. Uh, um, this, is, this is about as relaxed as I can possibly get. Okay. Um, and you mentioned something about the Gippsland cold water, didn't you? Yeah. You don't have any here. It's, I love cold showers, you know. I always have. I'm, I love, if I hadn't have been in God's army, I'd have been in the Marines. So I just lived that way. And so I've always had freezing cold showers. And I get here, and you don't even know what cold water is. It, it, it's... It, I was in Alaska. I loved that. Um, but Deuteronomy 19, 2 and 3 came, you shall separate three cities for yourself in the midst of your land where the Lord your God is giving you to possess. You shall prepare, and the word prepare, left off the page, man, prepare roads for yourself. Roads, what are Roads. Roads are the method to reach the destination. They speak to us of strategies. So you prepare, prepare the strategy. Divide into three parts the territory of your land, your nation, which the Lord your God is giving you to inherit. And I want to say this, that I know you've got two campuses, but there's a third one to conceive. And I think over the next 12 months or so, there's going to come, not because you're striving to find it, but there's going to come an aha moment and a trigger in your spirit of a third city, a third city. So I want to sew that in there. And for any out there of you that say, oh, Lord help us, with you know, having two is big enough stretch. Well, of course, but the more stretched, the more off the limit you are, the greater God can come through. The more dependent you are, the greater he is. Okay, now, I want to just go to Joshua chapter 5, um, and I think every single one of you can take this really personal from here on. Joshua, in fact, do take it personal from here on. Joshua 5, 13. And it came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho 
that he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, a man, with a capital M, stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for adversaries? And so he said, Nah, no, 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 no. But as commander, capital C, of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua had a revelation. And he fell on his face to the earth and worshipped him and said, What does my Lord say to my, his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army, very specific term, said to Joshua, Take a sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. I want to make it very, very clear that, that because the very fact that that the ground was made holy by the presence of this commander of the Lord's host tells you one thing. He's a member of the Godhead. Now, because angels visited saints on often occasions in the Bible, but they weren't worshipped. In fact, they forbade worship. Uh, but this one, this visitation needed to be worshipped. Why? Because he was a manifestation of the Christ well before the book of Matthew. And so here is the representation, the manifestation of the Godhead coming to this man. That's a staggering thing. Well before the book of Acts, here's a man that's having a manifestation of the Christ in all of his glory standing before him. And no wonder he fell to the ground. But he said to him, and this is what I felt the Lord wants you to get. Notice that he says, as. As the commander of the army of the Lord, I have now, or this time, come. Uh, another translation puts it this way. On this particular occasion, I have chosen to manifest myself as the commander of the Lord's hearts. And so why? Why? Because that's what you need right now. Yeah, I, am I a, a loving shepherd? Yes, but you don't need that right now. Yeah, am I a faithful counselor? Absolutely. I, am I the most wonderful, caring friend? Yes, I'm, all of those things will, will always be those things. But right now, you need me as commander of the Lord's hearts. Because that was the need for Joshua at that moment. My friends, I love times of stillness. I have my shallow cabin of prayer, and I get in there, just Father and me, and we talk and love up on each other. It's awesome. I love those times. We critically need those times. But there are moments when the Lord doesn't come just a gentle shepherd. He comes as commander of the Lord of hosts and he brings us to a place of battle and war for our children, for our families, for our communities, for the lost souls of man, men and women, for the next city. There are times when, when the Christ within us by the power of the Holy Ghost wants to come up and bring about the, 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 the sense of a divine call to bring down strongholds, to shatter the demonic and set people free. And we need that desperately 
today. And I felt the Lord give me the very, in fact, although I only just got to it, it was the uh, phrase that God gave me originally when I first got the invitation to come, stir up the spirit of conquest. This is not a time to settle back or play it safe. It's a time to position yourself to conceive and birth again. Dare to dream dreams. Believe for a fresh commissioning, new territory to be taken. Believe for a time of personal encounter, renewal, fire, all of that. But as I said yesterday, for purpose. It's for a purpose. You're not empowered so you can have a party. You're empowered and have the party so that you can go out and fulfill the commission. I have to notice that in that verse 13, it says, and it came to pass when Joshua's by Jericho. When Joshua was by Jericho, you see, the very fact that Joshua was by Jericho tells you that he's already a man of faith, obedience, and conquest because he's by Jericho. He's already parted the, Red, parted the River Jordan. Um, I mean, he's led the armies in. He's now by Jericho. And uh, when I was here in 2020, uh, I, I preached about the walls of that Jericho come crashing down. If you weren't here, get the tape because it will do you good about now. In fact, for the next 12 months, it will be incredibly relevant, that message in particular. Okay, regurgitate it. Uh, bring it back. Okay. Um, but I, I now, and my real reason for being here this morning is to get to this point. Before there was the encounter, before there was a commission, before the, the walls ever looked like they could come down, before all of that could ever possibly happen, Joshua 1 had to happen. And so let's go back to Joshua 1, because my friends, before the parting of the river and the crashing of the walls, before the great and glorious manifestation of the Christ, there had to come a change of mindset. There had to be a preparation of heart. In Joshua chapter 1, verse 10, then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, pass through the camp and command the people, it's not a suggestion, command the people saying, prepare. Now, I just want that one word to linger in your spirit just for a minute. Prepare, prepare, prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you might possibly. Doesn't say that, doesn't say that. Well, in all probability, doesn't say that. He, Joshua said, Within three days, see how specific that is? Joshua said, within three days, you will cross over this Jordan. The Jordan River was, you couldn't get through the Jordan River normally. And it was in flood time. It was a surging, you'd be suicidal to get three feet into it. And meters into it. Okay. 
And yet here's Joshua saying emphatically, no ifs, no buts. He just says, within three days you will cross the Jordan. The fact that it's impossible is irrelevant. The fact that it can't be done, it doesn't matter. You will go through the Jordan and go in and possess the land which the Lord your God is giving you to possess. Now you've got to understand, the people that he's talking to had just been in a wilderness for 40 years. Most of them were really weary, battered in their faith, and God's not coming to them and saying, we're going to have a few weeks where we're just going to cuddle each other and reassure each other and, and try and revive our, our sense of well-being for a moment or two. No, he, he says, get yourselves ready, prepare yourselves, get everything in order because we're going to walk through a, a raging torrent together, then we're going to pull down the stronghold of Jericho that was an impregnable city and stood there for hundreds of years and couldn't be taken, and then we'll go on and possess all of the land. Yeah. Wasn't really reasonable at all. Why on earth did they believe him? There was nothing that suggested the possibility of it. But they trusted God. Oh, this could be misunderstood, so please don't. But they trusted God because they trusted Joshua. God didn't come down in a cloud or a pillar of fire and declare it verbally and he could have he whispered it in Joshua's heart and it was Joshua's mouth that proclaimed it to the people and their trust in Joshua's voice allowed them to obey the voice of God and so and he said prepare well, what do you, you know, couldn't we just prepare? Stir up the spirit of conquest. Get yourself ready. Tomorrow, spiritual battle and the taking of the land and spiritual dominion. I'm asking you to believe that regardless of your journey, regardless whether you've been dry in a desert, regardless of whether you, you uh, have seen miracles or none at all, regardless of what your walk has been, regardless of whether you've been struggling in your Christian faith or feel like you can fly through miracles, what it, it's all irrelevant. Right now, a new day dawns, a new start today. What's yesterday, you can't change. But right now, God is saying, if you'll just dare to believe me and you will make yourself available unconditionally, I'm going to part the River Jordan. I'm going to bring down the walls. And all those promises that you've had in your heart for generations upon generation upon generations will come to pass. They had had that land prophesied to them for generations and generations and generations. And suddenly they've got to believe that now it's going to happen. Yes. Yes. 
Yes, there comes a moment. And what the Lord is quite clearly saying to all of you in your individual life, in your marriage, in your family, in your businesses, in your ministry callings, prepare. Prepare. Get yourself ready. It's about time to take fresh territory, time to push out the borders. It's time for new conquest. It's not a time to consolidate and feel good and comfortable. It's a time to say, my God, no matter how scary it is, I'm stepping off the edge, and my God, I'm available. Prepare for that. I want to give you a statement. It, it is far more... It is, it's got far greater weight and value than it appears to have when you read it. I think it's going to come up. Your preparation declares your intention. Your preparation declares your intention. When you see an athlete training on the track, you know that winning the race is in their mind and in their heart. Why? Because their preparation reveals their intention. When you see a painter arrive at your house with ladders and pots of paint and brushes, it's a bit of a hint. He's about to paint your house. Why? Because his preparation declares his intention. When a young, I remember, a great young son in the faith of mine, a young disciple of mine, he, that everybody said should um, become the next young adults pastor at a large city church in Melbourne. And, and he came to me as his spiritual dad, and he said, I, I, want, I just feel this drawing to theology. And I said, and I went to prayer about it, because I've never been a big um, Bible college type person at all. And, but I recognized the call of God. I recognized he had heard from God. And for the next four years, he left off the smell of an oily rag with him and his family at Wheaton College in the United States and got zillions of degrees and became a doctor of theology and ended up teaching them and then teaching in places all over the world and Oxford University begged him to come to deliver uh, 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 to them and uh, um, Oral Roberts University can't get enough of him and now he's Dean of Planet Shakers College in Melbourne and uh, yeah but you see those four years declared something to God I'm serious about this. My preparation declares my intention. So what are you preparing for? What have you signaled to God? Have you signaled to your father that you put the past behind you and that you're now hungry for a fresh indwelling, fresh empowerment, fresh commission what have you signaled have you signaled that your present territory is too small and you're preparing for more what what are you actually doing to prepare yourself what are you doing to position yourself well i guess god knows i'm here uh, I, I, you know uh, if he wants to make it happen let make it happen 
My friends, first he speaks to you, then you position yourself and prepare yourself, then he'll make it for oh, Listen, I have lived long enough to see dozens, dozens of men and women of God receive prophetic words, receive uh, scriptures, receive commissions from God, and some of them now 30 years later, I'm thinking one in particular, will quote those scriptures, but they're no more closer to reality than they were the day that God gave it to them. And they're bitter. And they're all tight and shriveled up in their soul, and they come out with the same little phrase, how come God promised me all of this and none of it took place? I can tell him why, and I keep telling him why. It doesn't make any difference. When God declares to you his intention, you have to do something about it. You have to position yourself. You have to prepare. You have to get down to it. It didn't matter how many words that God gave Joshua. He, he could have stood up for the next six months declaring powerfully how glorious it's going but until he stuck his foot in the river... My Bible says in Hebrews 11.1 1, that faith is a substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not yet seen. Whatever meeting it was, I can't remember, but I, I keep thinking of it constantly, illogical and unreasonable. Illogical and unreasonable. I, I sense this place is absolutely chocker, pregnant with potential. I, I see businesses being born. I see missionaries uh, bursting out. I, I see uh, our ministries coming out of nothing into effectiveness. I, I, I see uh, people in their so-called twilight years becoming more fruitful than they've ever been in their entire lives. I see, 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 I see all of this. Why do I see all of this? Because my Father sees it. Jesus said, I do nothing other than I first see my Father do it. And, and as I've been standing up here, I've been doing two things. I've been preaching, but I've been seeing and I, what I see out there is just the potential of so much to transform the globe. But you've got to see it. What are you going to do to position yourself? What are you going to do to prepare yourself? What are you going to do to, to be in a position that when God speaks, you're alive, you're alert, you're ready, you're obedient, you're unqualified. So I'm going to close. I think the beginning of all great transformation is honesty. And you know, the wonderful thing about our Father is this. He accepts you unconditionally. He loves you indescribably. And all he wants is you 
right now, right now, at the point of your honesty, if you're weary, say it to him. If your faith has taken a battering and it's at a low ebb, tell him. Be honest. He's not going to clout you with a club. He's your father. If you found it a little bit of a struggle to allow somebody else to disciple you, and they're trying to put a harness on you, and you struggle with it, well, be honest. Just be honest, wherever you are. Be honest. But then once you are honest, but make the prayer, but let it really erupt from the inside, but Father, that's my present reality, but Father, I want the spirit of conquest. I want to have an encounter with the commander of the Lord of hosts. I want, Father, tomorrow to be different. I want from now on, Father, the, the, the audacity to dream dreams and, and conceive things that appear to be impossible. And my God, that tomorrow will be impregnated with the power of the Holy Ghost and my world will change. So if you want to be one of those that go out of here and in the next few days and weeks that lie ahead of you, get highly intentional about preparing and positioning yourself into the Word, into prayer, into hunger, into receiving, into loving people around you unconditionally, but you are positioning yourself then just stand up right now and say, God, count me in. Father, we come to you in the mighty, powerful, glorious, all-conquering name of Jesus. And he stands here in the midst as the commander of the Lord of hosts. And he calls his church to be his empowered ones carving through demonic strongholds, pulling down the devastation in people's lives, setting the captives free, liberating towns and cities. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, I cancel the power of past accusation. I cancel the power of intimidation. My God, I cancel the power of condemnation. Father, the past is under the blood of Jesus. And a new day dawns. Every person that stands before you, my Father, to be visited in the next few days with a powerful visitation of the Holy Ghost when dreams shall be born. Thank you, Father. And as always, you alone get the glory. And above all else, my Father, let every person in this building and every person online in Melbourne discover you ever more deeply as their Father, not just as God Almighty, though you most certainly are, but as their father, as a son and a daughter 
wrapped up in your love and your, the strength of who you are. We're ready for battle, Father, because we know that your arms are around us and your heart will always guide us. And we're so grateful, Father. We love you, Father. Can you just tell him for a moment you love him? Thank you, Father. Thank you for your love, God. Let's just stay in that place right now. I believe there's people in here right now, and you long for nothing more than to receive that love, the love of the Father.